Hey, welcome back to Well That's Interesting. The Both of these are innovative, but only one will change the course of humanity edition. Today is episode 167. AI designs new robot from scratch in seconds and the interchangeable heads of Roman statues. My friends, if it feels like every morning when you wake up and hop onto whatever sites or social media platforms you double fist with your coffee and see there's another enormous advancement in the field of AI, if it feels like that, you're absolutely right. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. The story we're about to cover in the first half of the show hit the internets on October 3rd, and I'm writing the notes for this episode on October 19th. It's scheduled to air on December 14th, so happy holidays and heads up, there's probably been even more advancements since. But in any case, even though it might be old news by the time it enters your ear holes, I can't pass up telling you about this particular giant step in AI. A team led by Northwestern University researchers developed the first AI that could design robots from scratch. And I know, I know what you may be saying to yourself, so what? There are dancing robots and cop dog machines being made all the time. What's the big deal? with this AI. Well, my organic business goose, hold on to your human cheeks. The brand new, groundbreaking algorithm the team created was given the task to create a walking creature. And that task was written using only one sentence. That's it. Now, if anyone out there is also a fan of the Great British Baking Show, stick with me here, you know about the technical portion where contestants have no idea what they're about to bake, and their surprise recipe is printed on a piece of paper. To make life difficult, the hosts of the show usually write those instructions like, bake a lemon tart, and that's it, period, the end. And needless to say, this causes panic. However, for our brand new baby AI, one sentence was all it needed to nail its task. In under a minute, I'm going to say that again, in under a minute, this AI was able to take all the collective human knowledge we've gathered about evolution and made a successful blueprint for a walking creature. That's big. And it's just the beginning. Yes, there's more to the story and more about this AI that's revolutionary. We'll get into the sentence that started it all, how this thing was like, okay, that's easy, here you go, and what exactly it made. We are going to get into all of that. Then after the break, a human achievement. Uh, that was big at the time. <laughs> My friends, countrymen, lend me your ears and maybe a few other parts. Turns out all those headless, armless, naked Roman sculptures we see in museums, well, some of them were meant to be limbless. Think of this as a marble Mr. Potato Head situation. Um, the idea that one statue can, can, can quickly become and transform, say, more than one emperor, for example, in a time when the turnover for emperors was high, to say the least, this was a brilliant innovation. And uh, I'm going to pop on several more examples of these interchangeable Roman statues to show you why. It's really, really fascinating. In the meantime, I'm Jill Chacha. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to The Flock, my solid business goose. To begin, 
we're gonna fire up the old tube of you and in the search bar please if you will type in ai designs new robot from scratch in seconds and northwestern university what will pop up is a two minute 16 second video that's actually a great introduction to the little purple square that's going to change the course of engineering and um I'm just going to go ahead and send my deepest condolences now to the teens and preteens in robotics clubs. Yeah, I know you're dedicating hours and even months to building movable creatures and you're attending competitions to for scholarships to impossibly priced colleges. I feel you. Now, this video is going to sound really cool at first. Um, and then and then you may experience a youthful version of existential crisis. And I just want you to let me know how that goes. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, here we go. Uh, an introduction to what's been dramatically called instant evolution. Here we go. This little purple robot was designed in seconds from scratch using AI. It's a process that I like to call instant evolution. of evolution have remained fixed. Whether you were a bacterium or a monkey, you evolved at a snail's pace. This is because evolution has no foresight. It cannot see ahead of time if a mutation will be beneficial or catastrophic. What we discovered is a way to remove the blindfold and thereby compress billions of years of evolution into an instant. business geese who are not uh, currently watching, this is a video montage of several um, super nerds uh, at computers and they're typing away. One of them is like pumping a thing and that'll make sense in a minute, I swear to God. But um, uh, just imagine video montage. All right, here we go. And that uh, clicky clacking that you were hearing right there uh, was the prompt that the AI was given. And it simply says, design a robot that can walk. Intriguing, here we go. AI goes to work changing body parts, adding and removing particles within its body, changing the shape of the body and where its muscles are. This robot moves with air muscles, the placement of these muscles inside of the body, combined with the overall shape of the robot, causes it to move forward. We send the design to the 3D printer, and a couple hours later, we have our molds. This is yet another stellar video montage of several people in labs just 3D printing away, and uh, they made this purple goo uh, that's going to go inside the molds. Uh, that will also be explained as well. Uh, just imagine everything uh, I just said. Thank you. <laughs> I think when some people look at this robot, they see a useless gadget. I see the birth of a brand new organism. 
and it's a, a thrill to witness its genesis and see it wake up for the first time, stretch its legs and take its very first awkward steps. All right, my friends, yes. Yes, you uh, heard uh, well, that, that voice and those overachieving hopes and dreams. Well, that belonged to Sam Kriegman, assistant professor of computer science, mechanical engineering, and chemical and biological engineering at Northwestern University. And you probably have a lot of questions like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought you, I thought by robot, you meant made of mechanical parts, this AI? was making something that considered anatomy and muscles and shit. What? Yeah, well, yes, yes, my friends. Gone are the days of robots looking like R2-D2. That is actually the past. But, you know what, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Since 2020, Sam led a team over at Northwestern that took upon itself a huge, daunting task. As so wonderfully summed up in the abstract of their paper entitled Efficient Automatic Design of Robots. Quote, Robots are notoriously difficult to design because of complex interdependencies between their physical structure, sensory and motor layouts, and behavior. Despite this, almost every detail of every robot built to date has been manually determined by a human designer after several months or years of iterative ideation, prototyping, and testing. Inspired by evolutionary design in nature, the automated design of robots using evolutionary algorithms has been attempted for two decades, but it too remains inefficient. Days of supercomputing are required to build robots in simulation that, when manufactured, exhibit desired behavior." End quote. My walking business geese, Sam and the gang wanted to create a new path, a new AI with no supercomputer needed that could, within seconds, create a robot that exhibits a desired behavior by compressing and using every damn fact about evolution and could quickly correct itself until that robot is shown to be successful prior to manufacturing. And as you've seen, they were successful. And we're going to get into how successful. Let's head on over to Northwestern's McCormick School of Engineering, where Sam was joined with super nerds David Matthews, not the musician, but the scientist, Andrew Spielberg, Daniela Ruse, and Josh, great last name, Bongard. Yes. Um, now, <laughs> now, the exact algorithm for this AI is not publicly available because patents and money and, sh and shit like that. Uh, so I can't tell you. I can't tell you what the formula it used to reach its final result, but I've got a lot of other details for you. Once the super gang felt their AI was super ready, they entered that simple, oh so simple, bare bones prompt. Design a physical machine capable of walking on land. My friends, I am damn certain 99.9% .9 of y'all listening right now have used ChatGPT or some AI art bot. And you know, you've got to be hyper fucking specific with these things so it spits out anything remotely functional. Here, in this case, not at all. Not one detail was provided. And it turns out, that was not a problem. Like goddamn Da Vinci standing before a block of marble, the computer decided to begin its design 
with a square and chiseled away. In its first attempt, the square was squarish and merely jiggled. Identifying that it had not yet achieved walking, it tried again. Quote, assessing its design, identifying flaws, and whittling away at the simulated block to update its structure. Eventually, the simulated robot could bounce in place, then hop forward, then shuffle. End quote. From news.northwestern.edu. My friends, my preteens and teens, please get this. After nine tries, you heard me, nine, it created a schematic that could walk half its body length per second. And if that sounds kind of fast, it fucking is. That's half the speed of the average human stride. And the human stride, by the way, took about six to seven million years to evolve, according to the Smithsonian's website on human origins. Yeah, okay, nine, nine tries, nine tries. Uh, but it gets better. Um, those nine attempts, in all, took 26 seconds. Yeah, the dream had been achieved. As so stated by Sam to Northwestern's news blog, quote, now anyone can watch evolution in action as AI generates better and better robot bodies in real time. Evolving robots previously required weeks of trial and error on a supercomputer. And of course, before any animals could run, swim, or walk around the world, there were billions upon billions of years of trial and error. This was because evolution has no foresight. It cannot see into the future to know if a specific mutation will be beneficial or catastrophic. We found a way to remove this bl blindfold, thereby compressing billions of years of evolution into an instant." End quote. Jesus. <laughs> Saying that out loud, you kind of sound crazy. Um, <laughs> anyway, my limping business goose, you may be uh, saying to yourself, okay, okay, hold up, hold on. Maybe there's like some unknown bias and it made legs because, duh, we have legs. Well, that is a great point, my friends. But I need you to take one look at this thing. And I need you to look at the energy source for its locomotion. And you will see that this thing looks far from any human body, and it looks far from any animal alive today. Now, if you're too busy using your own goddamn legs and haven't had a chance to watch that video, I will have screenshots of this robot on our social media stuff, so please come on by when you can. And I will also do my fucking best to describe it to you now. Okay. Please imagine. Maybe, yeah, maybe you met something like an elephant or a rhino, some thick creature, okay? But it has three legs to walk with. And its tail, uh, it, yeah, it has a tail, kind of, and it's the width of its body. Along the tail are fins, kind of. And um, it doesn't have a head or anything. The other end is completely flat. Inside it, there are no organs, of course, but there are a series of specifically placed holes. <laughs> this always comes down to holes. Yeah, but think of this as like a wind instrument, because surprise, this thing moves its legs by air pumping through its core. It's fucking wind operated. Talk about energy efficient. Now, this was the blueprint that the AI created and was like, okay, here you go, I'm all done, what's next? Uh, now. The team, though, of course, had to double-check 
these wacky ass looking results. So they 3D printed the body, holes and all, and filled the mole, mold with liquid silicone. When the silicone set, quote, it was time to see if the robot's simulated behavior, walking, was retained in the physical world. The researchers filled the rubber robot body with air, making its three legs expand. And when the air deflated from the robot's body, the legs contracted. By continually pumping air into the robot, it repeatedly expanded, then contracted, causing slow but steady locomotion. End quote. From Northwestern. My friends, it was fucking alive. <laughs> now, uh, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, legs, awesome, makes sense. Okay, I could see how it decided to use those, but the holes, what, what is up with that? I mean, are all of them really necessary? Maybe it's like a weird glitch thing, like an extra toe or some shit. Great question, my extra toed business goose. Uh, turns out, no. There are no mistakes here. Although the holes throughout the robot's body seem like they've been punched in random places, they're not. According to Gizmodo.com, when the researchers removed some holes or filled them, the robot failed to move. It was clear the AI knew something the super nerd humans did not. As Sam admitted to Northwestern, quote, we really don't know what these holes do, but we know they're important because when we take them away, the robot can't either walk anymore or can't walk as well. It seems AI can create new possibilities and new paths forward that humans have never even considered. It can help us think and dream differently, and this might help us solve some of the most difficult problems we face." End quote. Indeed, my friends, this AI can be that one weird friend that comes up with an idea so crazy it just might work. Because, the only thing standing in the way of new, climate-conscious tools and life-saving therapies is us and our limitations. And uh, it looks like AI can have some ideas of its own now to help out. <clears throat> After the break, <laughs> we're, leaving, we're leaving an imaginative AI behind for imaginative humans. Um, they say necessity is the mother of all inventions. Well, when it comes to repurposing naked statues, it turns out it's true. I, I will explain everything. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. We are so back. And my friends, pack your goddamn bags. We're about to do a little globe trotting to a couple of museums around the world. Our first stop 
is over at Helsinki University Museum Flame. And for my fellow geographically challenged Americans, please don't worry, I've got you. You're probably wondering where in the holy hell this is. All you need to do is picture the UK. Thank you. Now point to it, all right, and move your finger northeast. All right, perfect, keep going. We're gonna cross the aptly named North Sea until we hit Norway. Hi, hi. Now, move your finger to the right, and there is Sweden, and we're gonna keep moving right, and we're gonna hop over a body of water called the Baltic Sea, and voila, here we are in Finland. And at the very center of its southern coastline is Helsinki University Museum Flame. We fucking made it. As of this past summer, Helsinki University Museum changed its name slightly to Helsinki University Museum Flame. And according to its website, it did so to tie together the museum's attractions and operations, which includes an observatory and the art room. This fucking place, as you could expect, is beautiful. Now, standing in the vestibule of the University of Helsinki's main building are a number of marble statues, just frozen in positions and time. And one of those sculptures is known as Antinius, who was a real ass person who lived in the first century CE. Now, if living in the first century sounds not so great, you're right, especially if you're not a member of the upper echelon, but then again, what else is new? Here are a few not-so-fun facts about this young man's life. Antinius was born in the year 111 and was a well-known favorite of the Roman Emperor Hadrian. And by favorite, I mean favorite, you know? Okay. So, because an emperor can go wherever they wish and do whatever they please, while traveling along the coast of the Black Sea in 123, Hadrian took note of a very, very young Antinius, which afterwards he scooped him up and made him part of his entourage, let's say. The next few years of Antinius's life unfolded thusly. From the Helsinki University Museum Flame website, quote, the infatuation between Hadrian and Antinius was described as reciprocal and starting, start, startingly, startinglingly, <laughs> shockingly, even modern historians call the two lovers, although of course their relationship could not be called equal by any stretch of the imagination. After all, Antinius was just 12 years old when they met, whereas Hadrian was a grown man who wielded absolute power in his capacity as emperor. According to ancient written sources, uh, Antinius moved to the emperor's villa no later than 125. The emperor traveled extensively with his uh, retinue, and one of the reasons was apparently that uh, not all Romans took a favorable view of Hadrian's relationship with the young boy, although such relationships were not uncommon in ancient Rome. In 130 CE, Hadrius, oh, sorry, Hadrian, I combined them like J-Lo and, and what's his name? <laughs> Sorry. In, one, in 130 CE, Hadrian, Antinius, and their entourage arrived in Egypt. There, Antinius drowned in the Nile at the young age of 20. It is not known whether his drowning was intentional, accidental, or even homicide. Speculation has been rife since ancient times. Crushed by grief, Hadrian deified his beloved and founded the city of Antonopolis. 
in Egypt in his memory. Several statues of Antinous were erected in the city and celebrations were held to commemorate him." End quote. So, here we are, my equally gorgeous business goose, standing before one of those statues, which was made sometime between 130 and 150 CE. Antinous, about six feet tall, is buck naked, of course, leaning his weight on one leg, looking down slightly, his face a bit melancholy, one could say. So, actually, you know what, what do you think? Head on over to our social media stuffs and zoom in if you will. And uh, while you're doing this, while you're taking a peek at his face, take a moment to look at his neck. You'll see a very distinct line that goes completely around. But that's not the only one. Take a look at both of his biceps, and then his waistline. Yeah, there are lines there as well. Put a pin in this. Now, my entourage, if you will, please join me on a direct flight to the Art Institute of Chicago, where we've made our way to Gallery 154, Arts of the Ancient Mediterranean and Byzantium. Hmm. Now, I know you're jet-lagged, but I need you to check out a sculpture called Statue of a Seated Woman. My friends, head on back to our social media stuffs, swipe through, and uh, yeah, you're going to see a picture of this woman who has no head or arms. In fact, where there should be these body parts, a smooth surface can be found. Let's find out why. From the artic.edu website, quote, This statue evokes the figures of seated, draped goddesses displayed in the Parthenon. Parthenon, a renowned temple of the Acropolis in Athens. Among the Romans, this statue type was widely used for sculptures of female deities such as Juno, the consort of Jupiter, as well as for portraits of empresses and other prominent women. <laughs> I could speak, other prominent women. Here, the figure's head and arms, now missing, were made separately and attached by means of dowels, the holes for which are visible." End quote. My friends, I'd like to introduce you to the Mrs. Potato Head of her day, or in the case of Antinous, the Mr. Potato Head of his day. Now, of course, these weren't meant to be children's toys, but statues that could, on a whim, become anyone. For example, when the emperor's boyfriend dies suddenly and he demands hundreds of sculptures to be chiseled in the boyfriend's honor overnight. Or say, Quinquatria. The spring festival honoring Minerva, the Roman goddess of wisdom, justice, law, and victory, is right around the corner, and you're the artist in charge of dolling up the temple, which needs to include a glorious statue of her. In sum, my friends, some sculptures were meant to be headless, and limbs were meant to be interchangeable. It's a great way to save money, time, resources, and your ass <laughs> if there's a if there's an emperor breathing down your neck. But that's not all these ingenious templates were used for. Quote, This inbuilt flexibility was particularly important for Roman culture, as the act of forgetting was one of the more significant forms of punishment for those in disgrace. Statues were defaced and decapitated as a way to destroy the memory of the person they depicted, which often happened when one emperor replaced another or there was a significant regime change." End quote from Dr. Russell Moole of iflscience.com. My friends, that's right, my beloved business goose. In case of a mob letting off some steam, 
damaged heads and other hanging parts, if you will, could easily be replaced. And when public sentiment settled down, a new head with a new face could be screwed in. And the old head with the old face? Well, don't worry about him. He's gone and erased from memory. The Romans were damn serious about their cancel culture. <laughs> no one comes back a few months later on a comedy tour or runs for fucking public office again. No, it doesn't happen. It didn't happen. And I really hope this comes back in fashion. So thank you for listening, rating, <laughs> telling your friends about um, just robots. Robots. There's so many robots will be made. And just just tell your kids not even to try. Just don't don't even try to try. And tell them about the interchangeable heads of Roman statues. It's, it's, that's a little bit easier to handle right now, nowadays. And a bare naked thanks to the folks at Airwave Media, the podcast network to which WTI belongs. If you love this show, you love the other podcasts in this family. And please, stay interesting. <laughs>